everybody and welcome to episode 20 of the Insiders on Real Estate Marketing. I'm your host Sandy Hibbert and this is my co-host Mr. Mark Miller. How you doing girl? I'm great. Good. How you doing? I'm doing great. Super good. Yeah. I'm really excited about our esteemed guest that we have today. A gentleman that I have admired for many years being in the real estate marketing space that I've worked in. Um, and he is the CEO of Briggs Freeman. Sotheby's International Realty, Mr. Robbie Briggs. Oh, thank Yay, you, so Robbie. Andy. I'm so glad you're, you're so here. Nice. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. It's, <laughs> it's fun. It's awesome. We're just all sitting around chatting, talking about luxury brands and luxury uh, real estate people <laughs> and the antics and the things that uh, people do to, that I think trickles down and makes their brand. You know, sure. it always starts with sure. the attitude of the leaders right. in that, whether it's luxury or not. Right. But anyway, it's a pleasure to have you here. You. Um, a little bit about Robbie, and I'm going to read from my notes here so I get it right. But uh, and I do remember when your father owned the business. Sure. I think he started uh, Briggs Freeman in 1960 ish, sure. something like that. 1960. Yeah. It was Ben R. Briggs Realtors. Oh, okay. At the time. Cool. Um, and then Robbie took that, has expanded the business. He now uh, runs an international operation with over 400 agents with Sotheby's International Luxury Realty. So I'm super happy to have him here. And uh, we're going to talk and dig deep into luxury. We're going to talk about luxury realtors, luxury marketing. Uh, the technical side mark's going to jump in on that and all the things that luxury is doing right now in the market so let's get going mark. cool what are we going to do we're going to talk to robbie <laughs> let's do whatever you and i didn't get to chat no we yeah. didn't okay you just walk right over there i just okay did. all right good did. with me that's right well uh so i've known robbie for a number of years and uh, become good friends and i'm excited to have him here as well and so i thought i'd just sort of kind of take the peak is when you really start thinking about the luxury side of the business you know we we hear luxury we see it but one of the questions I had for Robbie is when your dad started into this uh -huh. space how he made a distinguishment and and decided to go luxury versus the normal real estate transactions that are out there in the marketplace sure. was there a specific focus from the start to be into the luxury side of a I of the business yes I think so he uh, um, you know for one he grew up in Highland Park. He was a Highland Park guy. Uh, he started his company. He started with Earl Rollins, who was another luxury brand at mm -hmm. the time, basically focusing on the Park Cities. And then Dad broke off and started his. And in those days, real estate was just so different. I mean, you know, he had 12 agents, I think. Mm -hmm. And these were pretty much, they were men and women that knew a lot of people they sat around he played cards with them he drank scotch with them mm -hmm. and they waited for the phones to ring that was <laughs> the deal Boys, and you know i mean it was just a totally different market and uh so i mean he had one secretary who sat at a, a manual typewriter and smoking a cigarette but his friends and his running mates, they were the people in the park cities, and so he knew those people, mm -hmm. and so he he just it just naturally that's where he started. That makes sense. He had those connections. He had those connections. Yeah. 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 I used to say, in those days, it was who you know, not what you know. Today, mm -hmm. you better know 
you better have the what you know down. The who you know is not going to put their confidence in you right? unless you know your business. Right. Uh, but in those days, oh yeah, let's call, you know, Susie Smith. She's so sweet. And, uh, <laughs> and so that was kind of what it was. And she went and picked up a key and she took you over there in her big Cadillac and then you showed the house and you bought it. And that was kind of it. It's a lot more complicated today. Yeah. Wasn't Dallas so much different back then? Oh, it's so different. So then I came in the business in 1978, having graduated from college with a degree in architecture and having worked in architecture for Mm -hmm. two years. And I was married and had a baby, and I was bringing home $10,000 a year. And I was going, you know, I'm not so sure this is going to work. And so I really started in real estate with my dad thinking, I'm just going to do this until I figure out what I'm going to do. Right, right. And I know I can make $10,000 a year selling real estate Mm -hmm. a lot easier than nine to five behind a desk. So that's kind of how I started. And you grew up in it. Yeah, I did grow up in it. Yeah, for a while. So it's kind of in in your... It was sort of natural. And and immediately, I got a pager. And all these women and men were going, what do you have a pager (laughs) for? And I said, because we didn't have phones, cell phones, I said... I can get paged and stop at 7-Eleven, answer the phone call, and so when I go home to my wife and baby, I'm done for the day. I still get phone calls at night, but I'm not returning a stack of old messages, and they kind of got it. Then I made my dad buy a fax machine, (laughs) and then we got a better, uh, and then I really thought I'd done something nice because I got Sylvia, the secretary, and a a, a selectric typewriter that erased the mistakes. Oh, those were fabulous. (laughs) I remember those. And so anyway, technology has always been interesting to me. I Mm -hmm. always want to stay on the cutting edge of it. And it's changed our industry completely. Mm -hmm. Well, over that time, you have sustained, repositioned, you've had uh, fires across your bow. Yes, I have. Uh, Many different kinds. Many different kinds, but you've, you've maintained and uh, and stayed in that lane, and uh, which I applaud you for that. Thank you, Mark. But how do you uh, continue to hold that position against other entities, whether they're a brokerage or individuals that represent themselves to be in the luxury side of the market versus you truly being in that? Right. Well, uh, it still gets down to the people you surround yourself with. And, uh, you know, for one, I'm grateful that I have title friends like yourself that are uh, that are quality that... Uh, one, you've you've even told me to call certain agents that are quality and and uh, need a need a home that they uh, need to align themselves differently. Uh, so it's mainly in the people. It's it's mainly in the people from the people that run your company to the people that are out on the front lines. You've got to have quality people, and then it's technology. People first, technology right. second. But it's also your process because the people that I have presented to you and have come on board with you within that first week have called me back saying, oh my gosh, I didn't really realize what, what kind of corporate support there was in this space. And it's such a difference. So they went from feeling like they were on an island to themselves right. trying to mm-hmm. develop that concept and brand and then suddenly they're in a complete corporate environment of luxury home and everybody through your support 
knows what they're doing yeah. and does it at a very, very high level. Well, and thank so you. I appreciate yeah, it. That's I that that's collaboration that's, piece yeah. that uh, your company's known for. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. so uh, just kind of looking at where, I mean, it's hard to believe we're you know moving toward the fourth quarter. Yeah. But uh, just on a year-to-date basis, 2021 to 2020, kind of where do you see the luxury market uh, place. I mean, we, well, the we've craziest, held, we gained a little bit, or what, yeah, what are you saying? The craziest thing is 2020 put rocket fuel in the luxury space. I would have, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, I would have thought our market would have just dried up. <clears throat> and it did just the opposite. Hmm. Uh, the combination of, I think, uh, the Californians understanding that they could do their business from anywhere and why not do it in a state that was pro-business they started flooding into our market and they're coming with big dollars so our prices i just had a conversation two nights ago with a guy that said well you don't think there's a bubble do you and i said no i, I don't think there's a bubble he goes because y'all were just cheap and i was like well yes and no, I mean, you know, it, uh, we are a value when you compare our most expensive properties to the most expensive properties on the coasts, New York or California. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are a bargain. But, um, you know, it's it's still expensive. Well, yeah. It's still very expensive. To, yeah, for normal people, <laughs> it's, it's very expensive. Yeah. So, uh, and there's only so much that a market can stand. So mm -hmm. there'll be a, you know, there have there always are corrections. There will be a correction again, but over a long period of time, five years, ten years, the numbers that we're looking at now will pale because mm -hmm. overall the market will continue to grow in price and and scarcity because they're not making any more real estate it's mm -hmm. you know it, it's a, it's a true commodity right you know i yeah i don't see anything particular you know everybody when we get into discussions we're in a discussion now with potential acquisition of the smaller company and uh we get into discussions about projecting out mm -hmm. and um it almost seems like everybody's sort of going, well, 2022, I think it's going to be about the same, maybe a little less, 2023. I just don't see anything there's nothing where that, we are. No, there's, everything there's is nothing to the stop it. There's, there's nothing, nothing to stop no. it except something. Yeah, migration is just, yeah. is, is the sustainable side of all the real estate right. categories, commercial included in that, obviously. Right. I mean, I guess as long as people still pay the prices. Right. It's not going to change. Right. It's not going to change. I mean, and, and that's frightening. It's frightening for people not in the luxury space because and Mark and I were talking about this in a previous episode how there are so many people that are getting priced right out of their out own of neighborhoods uh -huh. young right. families who can't afford to buy and upgrade in their neighborhoods right. because right. the prices are so crazy right. um, so in the luxury market you know we've got people coming from all over the world right buying they can homes pay here. big dollars and, and, and that's they're fine. not affected so no. but it affects our economy it here does. It affects our kids. Where, yeah. where, how do our kids yeah. buy, you know, yeah. homes? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, absolutely. Well, so what do you think? How do you think COVID affected this? You know, when with everybody uh, 
for that moment in time, and as we were talking earlier before the show started, that there are still so many people that continue to work from home. Right. But when we were locked down, there was such a shift in the way that we all approached our work. And so people who, who had the wealth, who had the money, I think to your point about how it exploded during the pandemic, they were able to do something about uh, more room or being able to get away from their wife right. and kids that they're usually right. out of town right. and they don't have to deal with. You exactly. Know? So exactly. How do you think that COVID affected this uptick in what we're seeing in luxury? Well, one of the things that it did is it pushed this industry, which has really been lagging behind in technology as a whole. It pushed <laughs> totally. every realtor to figure out how to go virtual. Oh, that's a great point. And, you know, prior to that, you know, you know, I was kind of involved in technology, and so I, it was sort of natural to me. And fortunately, I had pushed our marketing department to already be there. So it wasn't a big jump for us, but it was a big jump for our agents. There were agents that really got technology, and there were agents that didn't. Mm -hmm. Well, they didn't have a choice anymore because right. if they wanted to sell something, it had to be virtual. Yeah. So they had to get really good at videos. They had to get really good at uh, online marketing, mm -hmm. and they did. Mm -hmm. And our marketing department was there to support them and help them. Mm -hmm. And uh, so very early on, we were moving into, we're having open houses, virtual open houses. And, we'd, and all those kinds of things, to me, was such an improvement to our industry. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, kind of surprised how quickly they've gone back to real live open houses because in my mind, if I was an active agent, I would be more excited about the potential of doing virtual open houses mm -hmm. that I could do at my homeowner's convenience mm -hmm. on a Wednesday afternoon mm -hmm. and walk through the house and video it professionally mm -hmm. and then uh, and, and still put it out there that okay it's going to be open Sunday you know noon to six mm -hmm. and you just put it up there mm -hmm. and the homeowner doesn't have to get out of the house mm -hmm. you're not worried about some crazy person coming in the house it's a lot more levels I mean you know we have to worry about our agents being harmed yeah or people's drugs being stolen out of their medicine cabinet or just all of that. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of just virtual. Now we also went to virtual office meetings and will not go back mm -hmm. because all of a sudden, all it is is up to our creativity. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, I've had the Sotheby's <coughs> broker in Italy at our office meetings on Monday, virtual, to show us all the properties that she's got for sale in Italy and talk and give a you know a class on uh, how do you buy property in Europe, you know. I mean, it's just things like that that I don't have to fly her in. I yeah. don't have to put her up. I don't have to take her to dinner. Mm -hmm. I just you know we just connect her. Connect her, yeah. and she has to get up at a little earlier to to do it, but it it worked, mm -hmm. and. Um, and we have top agents from the, you know, New York Sotheby's office and the California office, and we'll put a panel together from people all over the country to speak to our agents on their best practices. Mm -hmm. 
uh, it's just it's just great. Did and you find in any way that uh, with the virtual side of the your meetings that your attendance increased? Oh, our attention much more increased. So. And the other thing that it did, you know, when you have, you know, our two main offices are our Turtle Creek office and our Fort Worth office. Mm -hmm. Those are our two big offices. And then we have the other three offices are, are you know, smaller. Uh, so we would have our meetings either in Dallas or Fort Worth. And so Plano and Southlake and Lakewood always felt like they were second fiddle. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not anymore. They're at the same meeting uh, everybody's okay. at, yeah. and they're in, and they can be in their pajamas if they want to. <laughs> That's just fine. So you know, I don't know that I'm talking about luxury. I got off the track. Sorry about that. No, but no, you are. You are talking about luxury because I was just going to say that this is real luxury. Yeah. Because luxury is. Uh, it's about the experience. It is about the experience. What, how it makes you feel, how you can discover. Right. Luxury is about space and room to express yourself and to grow and to move around Absolutely. in. It's not just about price points. No, so, it is not So about for a brokerage to provide this level uh -huh. of support to right. their agents is huge to me and that is a, a real mark of luxury yeah, so kudos to you thank you so much absolutely you know i had an experience just uh a month or so ago um years ago nancy and i went to italy and i think somebody had given it to me maybe i went out and bought it but anyway i bought a bottle of chanel cologne for me to wear mm -hmm. Ever since that trip, every time I put that cologne on, I think of Italy and I think of all the memories that we had on that yes. wonderful trip. Yes. So I, I saved that for something special. Well, I ran out of it, so I ordered it. <laughs> it's the cheapest thing Chanel probably sells. It's $100. You know, it's not one of their expensive dresses or whatever of the things that, you know, they, they really are known for. It's $100. It came in the most beautiful box. You open it up, it's incredibly packaged. You undo the tissue paper and there's a velvet bag that it's in. Yes. And you think, oh my gosh, this is luxury. You do the same thing at Tiffany's. You go buy a $25, uh, well you probably can't buy a $25, <laughs> but you buy a keychain, you know, you buy a keychain something you get it in the blue box yeah. you get the same yeah. treatment and that's what we try and do in real estate we may be selling a hundred thousand dollar condo but we've got better pictures yeah and we're not leaving you know we're, we've got standards that they have to meet mm -hmm. and we're trying to send that message that if there's an agent that's out there showing in the hundred thousand dollar condo they're going to say well, I know Briggs Freeman Sotheby's is going to have the best hundred thousand dollar condo, yeah. and let's go see that. It will give you the best experience. And give you the best. Experience. That's luxury, and that's luxury. Absolutely. Yeah. How long have you uh, been affiliated with Sotheby's? Well, that's interesting. I don't know if you. I don't want to get off on this, but my wife and I we took a sabbatical and we moved to China for a couple of years. And in two thousand eight, I told the office that I would be back. And December and uh, so October came along and Lehman Brothers crashed and the stock market crashed and the real estate market crashed and uh, it was a heck of a time it was a heck of a time so 
and my partner at the time, Charles was a wonderful man. He was 15 years older than I was. And he looked at me and he said, I'm not going through this again. I've been through downturns. I do not want to go through this again. So we began talking about me buying him out. And, uh, and you know, we kind of talked that back and forth and we just were basically surviving through uh, 2009. And I, started seeing the only people that were coming to buy real expensive luxury properties were really wealthy families from Mexico that were coming up trying to get away from the cartels. We had some Europeans, we had some Canadians, and then there were some Asians that were coming to the Metroplex. And in my mind, I thought about it. Nobody in Monterey, Mexico or Frankfurt, Germany or Beijing, China, None of them had ever heard of Robbie Briggs. They'd never heard of my competitors, no matter how big they were. Mm -hmm. But they'd all heard of Sotheby's. And we've spent time on the East Coast. We have a cottage up in Maine. And I'd seen how strong the Sotheby's brand was there. I'd seen how strong it was in California. And I, in Santa Fe and even in Colorado, it just really hadn't hit the center part of the country yet. But I thought, you know, that's that would be a smart thing to do so um, they had actually been contacting me for a while but I didn't think I wanted to be a franchise but I really saw they were doing a good job mm -hmm. and so I contacted them and, and bought the franchise for Dallas and Fort Worth and it's made a huge difference uh, um, it's made a huge difference my I love the brand the blue signs I don't have to explain anything. I don't have to pretend like we're in luxury. Everybody knows Sotheby's is luxury. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they, they just do. They yeah. just do. So you don't have to talk about it. Yeah. But what I really love even more than the brand is the network. It has fabulous agents in every city, really around the world. And when somebody says to me, hey, I need an agent in Beverly Hills, I go, well, let's pick up a phone call Joe Sillick. I know them. This is a family. Nikki Field in Manhattan. I know her. She'll take care of my Beautiful. people just like you would want them to take yeah. care of. You know, I've got those kind of relationships all over and, and our agents do. And I encourage them every time they go on a trip, go in the Sotheby's office, introduce yourself. Mm -hmm. When you take one of these courses that we all offer, don't take it in Dallas, take it in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. You'll be the one agent from Texas in the San Francisco class and you'll have a hundred San Francisco Sotheby's agents sending you referrals. Get out there that and get so known. Yeah. Get out there and get known. And they do. And the, the amount of referrals that we get, you know, uh, one of our agents um, sold a $35 million house this year from a referral from California. Another one, same deal. Uh, most of his big sales have been referrals from agents. Mm -hmm. Just uh, just toured a house. We had a meeting at a $9 million house in University Park that was a referral to the agent that goes down to Destin, Florida, and that group down there referred him to this person now he had to compete against three other agents yeah. he got it but uh um still 
that referral network is the power of our brand. Mm -hmm. Speaking of agents, how do you, when you're recruiting or if you recruit, I, let's talk yeah. about that for a second. Yeah. What do you look for in an agent for the realtors who are watching today? What makes a luxury agent and how do you train a luxury agent? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Um, you know, it is, again when it might be an oxymoron what i'm asking you but no speak it's to not it. no it's not at all uh we um our best ability is to take a five to ten million dollar agent and make them a 20 million dollar agent they already have some experience mm -hmm. we're not the best place necessarily to start out brand new but if they already kind of know the business and you can you know they don't have to be it's not you know who's your mother who's your daddy it's not that at all right. some of our best agents were teachers mm -hmm. they weren't motivated by money they're motivated by service mm -hmm. they're motivated to teach and you know when somebody only buys something once every five to ten years they're not experts <laughs> they may think they're experts but they're not experts this is a complicated transaction yeah and so to have a teacher in that position mm -hmm. is really a great thing mm -hmm. or a or a, you know you know one uh i do want to know what they've done you know what have they they may have never held a job but they've held top positions in charitable organizations or they've done something mm -hmm. uh and if they have held a job have they earned the respect of their peers? Um, you can, like I said earlier, you can know everybody in town, but if you don't earn their respect, they're not going to give you the business. Right. Especially in hard times. Mm -hmm. In easy times, yeah, maybe we're going to give it to our sister-in-law who just got in the business because she needs the money. In hard times, we got to get somebody to get the job done. And so uh, that's so I look for people that have one, they have to be self-motivated. Mm -hmm. They have to care about other people and they then they have to be service oriented. Absolutely. Uh, we're not trying to make peers out of our wealthy clients. Mm -hmm. We're trying to serve them. Right. That's good. That's good. So I know that Briggs Freeman is known for its collaborative atmosphere with, mm -hmm. within your agents. Or among your agents let's talk about that how do they use that and what opportunities do the agents and teams have uh, at your franchise for collaborating with other agents and how does that work well our offices are designed that way for one mm -hmm. and both our our and and in both our turtle creek office and our uh, fort worth office we have giant kitchen lounges for the agents to come in get a cappuccino sit down at a little you know tea table with another couple three agents mm -hmm. and network mm -hmm. so the, the the lounge is designed for people to come in and and be a part of that uh, then just like we we have different um, categories of the top agents the different tiers and we get all of them together sometime but a lot of times it'll be the very, very top agents will have a opportunity to tour one of their top houses and then we'll have conversations or we'll have somebody come and educate them. Um, 
um, we love uh, we love uh, cocktail hours. Happy hours. <laughs> happy hours. We love happy hours. And so, you know, we'll do different ones. In fact, uh, just last night there was one. I, I couldn't go, uh, but there was one down at the new restaurant across from Clyde Warren Park uh, for everybody that had taken this particular course. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then at the same time there was and that's why I had to I skip that one was uh, we had a brand new um, eight no five million dollar condo at the Stonely open for the first time and we were having a, a you know a tour of that so a lot uh, of camaraderie a lot of camaraderie mm -hmm. uh -huh. and uh, and the agents support each other yeah uh, and we had just had yesterday at lunch uh, we had been at this listing that I said that gotten referred to this agent for eight eight million dollars perfect day thank you Lord it was 72 oh degrees God. and we were out <laughs> by the pool <laughs> having us having a meeting and just hearing the agents network together okay mm -hmm. I've got this person looking for this and if we can sell them a house then they're gonna have this house and they were all just all over it. Mm -hmm. They were all sharing, mm -hmm. you know, different, mm -hmm. different things. So, where do you think we've talked about uh, service, um, the camaraderie of the agents, the uh, desire to serve technology, especially right now mm -hmm. during pandemic time. But where do you think the real strength lies in luxury real estate? If you could pinpoint the major strength that a, real, a luxury real estate agent possesses? What would that be? The, <laughs> it really is so, is so deep. But I think the right now in a market when there's a, a, a limited supply, then they have to be a, a creative thinker of being willing to pick up the phone and call somebody in an un, you know, I called somebody just yesterday or the day before and said, hey, I know you're not thinking about it, but we do have somebody looking in your neighborhood. Would you consider it? And sure enough, he said, yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I, I would if I can find something. So then you've got to put your you know thinking cap on. Okay, mm -hmm. what are we going to find for him? And we're going to have to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. He isn't going to find it. It's not going to be mm -hmm. on the market. We're going to have mm -hmm. to dig. Mm -hmm. So you've got to have that kind of person that is thinking outside the box. Yeah, be very strategic thinker. Very strategic. Just thinking. the motion of yeah. buying and selling real, yeah. real estate. Yeah. Yeah. And they have to know people. I mean, they have to. You know, it, you get a totally random call it's very easy to just mm -hmm. hang up mm -hmm. once you get a call from somebody that you know mm -hmm. uh, then you're more likely mm -hmm. to, to listen it's all part of the reason why I think it's so important that uh, an agent luxury or otherwise but especially luxury that you have the contacts that right. you are living the yeah. life right. you're out there right. you know you can't just hide behind a desk no. and not get out there and meet people you still have to meet people right, right? I mean that's right. still an important aspect of being able to build a real estate business and well I tell all the new agents I say what do you love to do and if they're like Mark and they say I love to play golf I said well then 
you're going to play golf. Now, you're not going to play golf five days a week because then people will think you don't work. <laughs> but you are going to you are going to play golf, and you're going to be in some tournaments, yeah, and you're going to rub elbows with people. And during that time, you're going to talk about real estate. So, uh, you know, and if you're, you know, whatever it is you love, do and do it well. Yeah, yeah. Because in that foursome, you know what the question is going to be. How's, 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 how's the market? market? How's the market? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, the there's, your popular, there's your opening. There's your opening. Yeah, it's the most yeah. popular conversation. Right. Absolutely. Well, guys, I think we're uh, to the end of our show. Okay. Uh, it's been a good conversation. I think the thing that uh, has really struck me is your statements about the uh, forced technology. I mean, I, I think that's yeah. going to really ring with me. I'm going to mull that over because it's so true. I think that agents were so reluctant prior to the pandemic and and brokers would provide that tool for them. They, they had the technology out there. It's been around. It's been around. But getting them to adopt it and get yeah. into it has been so hard. So yeah. that was very cool. But anyway, three takeaways. I want you to tell me what your three things are that you'd like to leave with our viewers today. If you want to start with that, Robbie. Well, it's sure is fun to be here. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we like that fun. And, uh, you know, I, I, for for me, just talking about luxury, uh, the last thing you want is it to be a snobby experience. Mm-hmm. When you go to a restaurant, if your waiter is snobby, you'll never go back. It doesn't matter how great the restaurant is or anything else. But, if right. you know, but if your w- waiter has no airs about them, is welcoming, is fun, makes the experience good, mm-hmm. luxury is an experience mm-hmm. and you'll come back every time because you want that experience. I love that. Was that what I was supposed to do? Yeah. Okay, good. good. Enough. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> that says it all right I there. Think, think, it is it. the experience. Mark? Uh, you know, I have an opportunity to talk to a lot of agents who are and just kind of discussing their marketing plan, if you will. Uh-huh. And when they begin to lean toward where they want to uh, increase their average sales price, and tip toward the luxury side, then the first thing I advise them of, if you want to be in the luxury space, be with a luxury firm. It's just that simple. Because I've seen it across the board out there, and we pick these categories of companies that say we've got this luxury division. There's no organization behind it. It's still a group of independent people getting together. There's no back office support. There's nothing that really gives the full detail of what the luxury uh, support is about and, uh, and a firm that really specializes in that. So I highly encourage that and I, that's what one that I have to say. The other thing I say is it's somewhat what Robbie was referencing to in the golf course, but find find a group out there to connect to. As an example, Jennifer Lalash is in the mm-hmm. group. Right. We brought her into Dallas Roundtable, 18-year-old organization. We got 40 people in that organization, they're all entrepreneurial, they're right. executive level people. So she's in a well-networked group that if it's not that group that's gonna give her the referral, it's gonna be from a friend that they have sure. to refer that way. So I'd say, don't get in BNI or Master Networks, whatever those are, but find something that's got some people in it that are successful in their right. respective uh, channels. And then the last thing I've always believed is have it as a luxury is to have a, uh, a team that you turn to, that you can count on, whether that's the title mm-hmm. piece of it, whether it's the lending piece of it, uh, whatever those partners are that you mm-hmm. have. And I wouldn't discount the importance of connecting into people in family practice 
uh, because, you know, face it or not, we're in a city like many that high divorce rate and it's hey divorces affect at all levels of ownership right. Right. to that side and uh, estate plan yeah yeah uh, but we've had some opportunities in recent times to uh, to help uh, bricks on some transactions that were in escrow somewhere mm -hmm. else mm -hmm. they couldn't get the deal done uh, and sure a lot of did. times I find it's really more they're not willing to invest the time forensically to go in and find out what the problem is and really dig deep into trying to create a solution. Mm -hmm. uh, we're a boutique firm, and I think boutique firms can give more attention to those type of transactions to that side. So regardless, Absolutely. I think picking those teams and, and right. pick the team that understands how to deal with luxury Absolutely. market, not the team that does excessive volume or whatever it is, if it's a lender yeah. or a title company, that's not where no. luxury needs to be mm -hmm. managed. It needs no. to be in mm -hmm. people that have that understanding of what luxury expectation is. Mm -hmm. So those are my three things. Excellent, excellent. And let me just say this about Mark Miller, my friend of 20 years, uh, when I first started Lyric Marketing back in the day, oh my God. Um, you know, there is that person who can be annoying forensically. <laughs> And there's that person who can be elegant and forensic, and that's Mark Miller. And <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Mark is president of Secured Title of Texas. They are our host or our uh, sponsor of this show, and I really appreciate his willingness to be a part of this. And if you don't have a title partner already, it, this is a no-duh. I mean, it's your choice. Just, you know, tell your client, Mark Miller secured title of Texas and uh, and you'll get that luxury experience there because their team I know them all over there I've worked with them they will dig down and make your closing happen and uh, they're not just fly-by-night people who are hired because they're a pretty little girl and she's out getting business yeah that's how they do it a lot but he is the elegant luxury guy and anyway thank you i love mark he's awesome so <laughs> my three things uh for marketing and i could talk forever about luxury marketing it's one of my favorite things and i'm going to be doing a blog post don't check right now but check back later this afternoon on sandyhibbardcreative.com on my blog and i've got these notes that i'm talking about except expanded expanded um, on luxury marketing but there are three things that i want you to remember in your luxury marketing and these things come directly from the horse's mouths not mine this isn't me these are from agents who are tried and true uh, luxury agents from across the United States and these are the three most important marketing aspects that they utilize in their luxury brand number one is personal marketing uh, when you're building a brand you have to put your best foot forward always you want to make it through the front door and the way that you do that is by having a reputation precede you. Uh, marketing yourself as a luxury agent begins uh, long before you become one uh, you need to present yourself as someone who can totally be trusted if you want someone to trust you with a multi-million dollar deal. So personal branding is key. Um, go back and look at your Facebook and Instagram posts. Make sure there's not any wild and crazy things on there that would kind of um, put a mark on that because that's really important if you're going to be in this business. Uh, second thing, and uh, Robbie touched on this, is creative marketing. You've got to get into a creative space. Uh, in building your luxury brand out from what you're doing and uh, it, it's crucial um, number one staging things like staging that that 
follows along with a whole luxury experience in getting creative with how you're going to present a listing online, your online marketing, your, your printed pieces. Um, showcase your creativity to show that you can become that creative person to get a sale for a home or to find a luxury property. So creative marketing is super important. Um, you want to also, if you're going to do in-house or open houses where people are actually coming, get creative with those. Do enhanced open houses. I, I know people here in town who have done art shows at open houses and um, having a combo there playing music or a top jewelry designer who's displaying their work. So there's all kinds of things and ways that you can do to attract and garner attention uh, to your listing and to what you're doing. Uh, so get creative with that. Uh, the last thing is you've got to build an online presence and this is twofold. This is for your personal and this is for your business. So like it or not, old folks, if you don't want to be tech centered, if you don't want to be online, too bad. You need to be online, okay? <laughs> because the first place that that 35 year old uh, era parent is going to look to buy their house is probably somewhere online. Will they find you? And if they do find you, what are they going to find? Do you have a website? Do you have great personal profiles on your social media? Are they representing you as the luxury person, as the person that they can trust and learn from? So these are just very basic things that you need to include and incorporate into your marketing. Creative thinking, creative marketing, online presence, and personalize your marketing so people can get to know you. And that's a wrap. Awesome. Oh, great. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next month, episode 21. We haven't got it planned out yet, but we'll let you know. So stay tuned and go back to theinsiderspodcast.com to see all of our previous episodes and what's up for the future. Thanks again.